between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Satalia Gedabosh, the Prateteni, Fetalia Satori, a Prete Venasicate Minoshi, Kali Arabos, or Pate Venata, Vite Vatata, Nicatalia Metani, or Supporta Vita, Everentila Secate, Miosimania, Nania, Mania, 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 Macatalia Menate, Eventila Prentila Patos, or Pani Gedegados, the Padi Evenata, Padi Agadosi, Panaganota, Evantelita, Van Catalia Mosotanaganosta, Elipra, Hatavin, Tecantio Petalianetiva, Tasoteta, Tetelia Temeta, Evrentelia Tos, or Panian and Anastigaba, Ventizelantonote. These are the ways of my appearing. This is the way of my appearing. You have to love the way of my appearing. You have to love the way of my coming to you. For as I'm coming to you, you are coming to me. This is the way I will come to you. This is the way I come to you. You have to fall in love with the way I come to you. You have to fall in love with the way I come to you. Fall in love with the way I come to you. For there is no other way I will come to you. For this is the way I will come to you. For I have said, I have said, I have said, I have, even I have said, that the words I speak, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. They, that is me speaking. For that is how I will come to you. You have to fall in love with my appearance unto you. Fall in love with the way I appear unto you. I say fall in love with the way I appear unto you. For as you fall in love in the way I appear unto you, you are becoming a place of my abode. You are becoming a place where I can abide in. For the things that are appearing unto you is me coming to you. It is me coming to you. And I have come to you again tonight. I am coming to you and I have come to you again tonight. You have to fall in love. You have to fall in love just as I loved everything my father spoke to me. For his speakings raised me up. His appearing by his speakings and his sighting of me from the depth of the height of the height of the height of the height of the sight that I was given. For to behold him. For to behold him for to behold him is how I'm coming to you that you may behold me that you may behold me you may behold me that you may behold me I am giving you sight eyesight eyesight to behold me 
For as you behold me, as you behold me, you begin to see your true nakedness. You begin to see true nakedness. You begin to see true nakedness. For you have been clothed with things made of this earthly kingdom. But I have come that you may be clothed with the heavenly kingdom. That you may be clothed with the heavenly kingdom. That you may be clothed of things that I am made up of. That I am made up of. That I am made up of. You need to fall in love with my coming to you. Fall in love with my coming to you for this is how I have chosen for to come to you. Fatosa Padianate, Prefetina Catosi, Pertianeti Evrati Lata, a Prieta Venosi, Kelio Teminati, Lati Ventilata, Light, 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 Ventilata, Elia Ventilata, Evrentilata, Evrentilata, Avantilata, Elicate Matilite, Eventilite, Oventilite, Even to Light, Even to Light, Even to Light, Even to Light, for my fist is even to light, my fist is even to light, my fist is even unto light, my fist is to light, it is to light, my fist for to light, my fist. For to light, it is for to light, it is for to light, it is unto light, it is unto light, it is unto the great light, it is unto the great light. My fist for the great light, my fist for the great light, fist unto the great light, unto the great light, a feast for the light. It is the feast of the light. I have brought a feast for the light, feast for light, feast for light, feast for light. It is a feast, feast unto light. I have come to feast you unto light. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name tonight. We worship you. Thank you for you are going to bless us today. Lord, we ask you to come and feed us with your, with your person. We want, to, we want to feast from you. We want to eat you. We want to feast, we want to feast on you today. Father, we thank you. Thank you. We receive, we receive grace and strength, Lord, to, to feast upon your, your food, your meal today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bring us into, into the, the matter, the matter. Bring us into the very counsel, Lord. May we not fall short of the counsel, O oh God. Help us to come into the very counsel. Guide us by your spirit to arrive at the very counsel for this time, for this moment. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Faramahostaprahataliha We give you glory today. Lord, I ask you send your breath and your wind, oh God. Let it come and interpret 
these things, Lord. As the, Lord, the book, the book is written, written by your spirit, written with his own sense. His sense is different from our own sense. Well, come and help us to, to have access to God. I ask so God, give us, give, let it be a channel, a door through which, oh God, the essence of the blessing, Lord. Come and let the light break forth. Let it break forth, oh God, in our heart. The light of these things which you are bringing to us. Let it break forth within hearts. And the light of the truth, the reality of this truth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Praise God. Good evening to everybody. God bless you. Um, you're welcome to say welcome to somebody and say I'm glad to see you this evening. <laughs> you guys are all great, very quietly, like you know. Can the person hear what you're saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> as long as they <laughs> Amen. We are careful not to offend the spirit with our greeting, you know, let's not greet too loud so that thank you, Jesus. Um, amen. Okay, let's open our Bibles to let's let's see. Let's see John. First John. First John. Amen. First John. Thank you, Father. Merci. First John. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. El Masia Lord, El Faria to pray as a prayer and to Le Previa El Stupra, a prima con, Kai Calibre, Prestepala, Tai El Prento, Presipria, Hapreto Provena Capria, the Colen Oste. Sumitia entire hartila fascus es crest cresti cresto creeper apron or offering or toprias got across thicker. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. <coughs> Amen. Bless you, Jesus. Okay, let's see. Um, first John chapter chapter one. First John 1 verse, verse 5. It says that this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God is light and in him 
is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Praise God. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from what? From all sin. But if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, that we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And, and if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, let's read up verse 7 again. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that we have fellowship one with another. Praise God. If we have if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and then the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Thank you, Jesus. In the book of Revelation, chapter Revelation chapter 12. Amen. Okay, before Revelation, let's just stay a little bit more in John, first John, okay. Let's 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 see a few things in verse in chapter two. Praise God. Verse 7, it says that, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment, which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Praise God. The old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. And he that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. But he that loveth his brother abided in the light, and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hated his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath done what? Blinded, because that, blind, that darkness hath blinded his eyes. He that hated his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness 
had blinded his eyes. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation 12. Verse 11, Revelation 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their, what? Their lives unto the dead. Praise God. The, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their own lives unto what? Unto the death, praise God. Um, in First John, First John, chapter two, verse eight, it speaks about um, the commandment. First of all, an old commandment, right, and then a new commandment. So, if said first of all, I write no new commandment unto you, but the same old commandment which you had from the beginning. And the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. But again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and then the true light now the word, now shineth. So when you say commandment, of course, commandment are the commandment are the are the particulars, the the details, the instructions that are present in the covenant or in the testimony. Um, when he said Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments was those t- ten things that were written that in the covenant God had with his stone because he couldn't have covenant with men. So he had covenant with his stone and the, what we call the Ten Commandments are things so that are, were written expressly from that covenant. So commandment, um, you cannot separate commandment from, from the testimony. Or you cannot separate commandment from the covenant. Because co- the only thing that can be commanded are things that, that there is agreement concerning. All right. Things that have been what on let me not say agreement. Things that are um, there are things that are established in God that are binding to us, and they are binding to us because we are we are candidates of coming into covenant with God. So God doesn't command everybody. Right? They, the God cannot command an unbeliever on the street to do something. They don't have the commandments of God hanging over them. Right, but you and I, um, who are candidates of coming into agreement or coming into covenant with God, God commands people who are who have a destiny to come into agreement with Him, and God's covenant, uh, His testimony or His testament. Praise God! How I many of you understand what I'm saying? His covenant are His testament. 
or what? His testimony, that which is written for us to obey and for us to do. Praise God. So the commandment which is talking about here is this commandment, even though John is the one saying that I write it unto you, but it's not actually John's own commandment. They are um, commandments which he has actually received, or they are portions of the commandment which God wants to give to his soul, right? Which John now is saying. And he's saying here that this new commandment um, is something that is true in him and in you because the darkness is past and the what? The true light, what? Now shine it. So it's, it's clear that the season of coming into commandment is uh, a season of when the, it's the season of what it calls it the true light, right? When the true light is now shining or when darkness is past. When the season of darkness is past, that's the season of commanding the soul. Now, you cannot, you cannot command the soul. What the soul um, receives or hears in the t- season of darkness is not commandment. The soul has to, first of all, receive instruction or things that can make darkness pass away, right? And if darkness does not pass, the soul will not come into a season where it can actually be commanded by God. So what we call commandment is not just everything, it's not everything maybe you hear the Holy Spirit say that is commandment. It's not every single thing that the Holy Spirit can say to a person or that someone can perceive as maybe leading of the Spirit. That is commandment. Praise God. The commandment are things that have to do with the, the testimony of God. And that thing, um, they are, to actually come into the things of the testimony, season of darkness must pass away. Praise God. Say season of darkness. Uh-huh. Darkness. Time of darkness. Season of darkness. When I say season, I'm talking about season out there. I mean season in the soul. Praise God. A soul can be in one season for years, for decades. And that season will not pass because what it takes to move a soul beyond season is not just the, the movement of time. It's not just the passage of time. Or it's not just the rising and, and the falling of the sun. It is, there are actually things that can push the soul into, into another season. And if those things doesn't come, the soul cannot move, cannot change what, cannot change seasons. Praise God. Um, so darkness, one thing we know about season is that season is tied to light. You see it both in the physical, right? It's for, in the, in the book of Genesis, when God created the lights, by one great light to rule by day, another one to rule by what? A lesser light to rule by night. So that they will be for for what times? The way for, for seasons and all of that. So to control the seasons upon the earth. So you, you realize that in the, in the wisdom of God, which is his wisdom of creation, that what turns season is light. is a principle in God. Praise God. That God, from right from the beginning of Genesis, 
that God committed the seasons of the earth to lights which he put in the firmament. Do you agree with that? So, so that thing is speaking concerning um, is speaking concerning realities in the soul, concerning how God also shifts and turns the seasons of a person's, the inward season of the soul. Praise God. So until light comes, until there has to be there's a change of light, something has to happen in the arena of light which the soul has to be able to move the soul into a, a different season in the spirit. Praise God. Now, so this time of darkness being passed, that there are things that characterize this season of darkness in the soul. Um, and this darkness is not absolute darkness. It's talking about darkness concerning how God sees. When God, God can look at a soul and see darkness. But the person who is seeing darkness in might feel they have some light. But God, when he's looking at the soul, he's saying that, look, this soul is still what? In darkness. So that's what John is speaking concerning here. He's trying to extray and to show the standard to souls. What standard? The standard of what constitutes the season of light. Praise God. What constitutes what? The season of light in the soul. And let's read, let's read this place again. Um, it says here that I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. And the old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. And a new commandment I write unto you, which is true in him and in what? In you. Because darkness is past and true light now shines. So this season where the, you see, are you seeing this thing called the commandment, the new commandment, which is true in him? And where in you, so that's the the the, the when you say commandment, commandment, the co- commandment means instruction that are not just that comes out of God, but are not just things that pertain to you. Everything about commandment are things that pertain to God. That's the difference between just anything you hear the Holy Spirit say, and then what they call commandment. Commandment are things that are instruction that come out of the, that comes out of that alien, alien life, or that alien will or testament which God has that God wants to bring to man. So anything that comes out of that realm is, is a commandment. That's what you call commandment. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's very clear then that in the, the realm of commandment are things that are true in God. Now, but there are things that are true in God, but can also be true in a person to whom darkness is past. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's somebody who is, so it's very clear, somebody who is still in darkness has it come into a season of, of receiving what? The commandments of God. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so we say these things are true in, in him and in you. It's not everything that is true, that can be true in God and true in you. There are a lot of things that are, might be true in you, but when you get to God, you can't find them there. Right? The way you hold truth, the way you conceptualize truth, you, you, when you hold that thing. You know, and truth 
is not just um, the truth in the Bible or New Testament. It's not just saying, ah, this thing is, I agree, it's actually correct. When you very, true is not fact. It's not like saying that this is a fact. That's not the meaning of truth. Truth is something that um, is something that can never be faulted or something that can never be broken. Praise God. Something that can never be faulted or what? Or can never be, that can never be broken. It's it true. It's something that will always stand. Something that will always stand. That can never be something that you will never realize later. Ah, this is not how this thing is. So That's what you call true. You know, I discover that when it comes to the world of true things, they are not, not everything can fall into that kind of category. That there are actually just two things that have that property. is the nature of Christ and God. You get what I mean? The nature of who? Of Christ and the nature. Aha. Uh-huh. The nature of Christ and the nature of God. Those are, they have that, those properties of, of truth. Right? Those properties of truth. The natures of Christ and the natures of what? Of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, the, the, the truth or when a soul, for a soul to arrive at a place where they have, a soul has things in them that are true, is not, an, is not a, a low place. It's actually a very high place spiritually. Um, and some of these things don't mean things to, don't, don't mean a lot to people averagely, but um, these are the the wealth of the scripture, truth. Truth, say truth. Truth, truth is the wealth of the scripture. Amen. This is truth. This that thing which uh, man does not have, that God has to has to write. The Holy Spirit has to to write the scripture. And through the, the, way, the way they set up ministry in the body of Christ to release truth. Paul was writing to Timothy that you should know, I'm writing these things to you, that you should know how you should conduct yourself in where? In the house of God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. It's the pillar and the ground. It's a ground and pillar. Those are two things. Ground means foundation. Pillar which means with that which rises up. That's what the church is, create foundation. And that which what? An ascension. Foundation. An ascension. Amen. So the church is, um, the business of the church is, for to, is to import truth. Truth is that special commodity which you can't find on the earth. You cannot find anywhere. Nobody has it. No government has it. No people have it. No organization have it. No company on the earth has truth. Praise the Lord. Truth is a special commodity. Truth has to do with Truth are things that came out of the mind of God, right? Things that um, not just came out of the mind of God, things that, things that you can find in God. You know, you cannot find creation in God, right? God came out, God made creation as the work of his hands. You realize that. Praise the Lord. Nothing in creation you can find inside the mind of God. You will not find the, all the inventions and all of these things that we do. Praise God. You will not find a cell phone inside the mind of God because a cell phone is not a thing. It doesn't solve a problem. God doesn't need this to communicate. Everything that 
this thing pertains to it has to do with you and your life. You won't find a car in the mind of God. You won't find all of those things. Praise the Lord. But there's something you can find in God's mind. You will find Christ in God, in God's mind. Christ is a is a is a is a is a thought. Christ is a is a Christ is the is the first son of God that God actually gave birth to. Right? The, the Bible actually refers to Christ as the, the beginning of the creation of God. That's what that that means something. That is the word, the beginning of what? The creation of God. Is the, is the, when you begin to, to peel out the, God's heart, the first layer, you, you will see Christ just sitting there as, a, as an entry point into the heart, into the mind and the thought of God. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? Amen. So when it comes to truth, truth is the economy of, of, of foreign thoughts, foreign things, foreign natures which God carries, which God has inside of himself. Praise the Lord. And the which men are actually bankrupt of. But God has to find a way to get them toward, to here. So the, the, the first thing they have to do with man is to, to, for a soul to come into this place of, of truth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For the soul to come into this place of dealing with truth, they have to push the soul past what you call darkness first. The soul and darkness, oh my God, darkness is not easy for a soul to push a soul beyond darkness. First of all, what a soul thinks darkness is, is not what darkness is. Praise God. Uh-huh. So before a soul can journey from darkness, the soul... The soul must have first been delivered from the power of darkness. Right? But when you deliver the soul from the power of darkness, the soul has not yet been, has not yet been de- delivered from darkness. The soul hasn't moved yet out of darkness. But you have to first of all deal with the power of darkness first. Praise God. In that Colossians chapter 1, what delivered us from the power of darkness and then had what translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So, the delivering from the power of darkness first, the, the word power of darkness means the hold of darkness, right? The, the hold of darkness, the strength of darkness. It's very clear the power of darkness is the world. Right, the, the power of darkness is what? Worldly thought, worldly living, worldly nature, worldly attitude, worldly behavior is the power of, of darkness. Amen. It's how, what give, power means, what gives the soul access? Power means access. How does the soul access darkness? It's through the power of what? Of darkness. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so this thing called darkness, darkness is not just uh, maybe how you are seeing, ah, maybe I can't see. Darkness is beyond, ah, I, I don't understand that revelation. Or, ah, you must have some darkness. That's why, that's why you couldn't understand what he preached today. Praise God. That is more than that. Somebody can understand everything that was preached and is still where? 
in darkness. Praise God. One of the signs that somebody has been delivered from the power of darkness is that they can begin to understand. They can begin to understand. Right? The beginning of delivering from the power of darkness is when the soul begins to see the kingdom. Right? According to John chapter 3. Praise God. He said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. It doesn't mean that when he's born again, he can see. Necessarily. He just said that if, except he's born again, forget about seeing. The seeing only belongs to those who are what? Born again. So, then when someone is, be, is been born again, they now have to minister the ability to see to the person. Because except you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom. So you have to minister then seeing the kingdom to someone who's born again. Then after a while, when they can begin to see, through seeing it, they will begin to find the door of what? Of entrance into the kingdom. So except a man be born again, he cannot see. And except a man be born of the water and of what? The what? Of the spirit. Except you're born of water and of the spirit, then you cannot what? Enter into what? The kingdom. So it means that the, the birth of water and the spirit is the birth of sight, or is a birth in sight. Yes, sir. Is a birth that happened to people who are seen already. Seeing the kingdom, then there is a, the birth of what? Then water and spirit. The sign that the soul has been born of water and spirit is when the door of the kingdom has opened into what? The soul. And the soul can begin to sight what? The door of of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Am I, am I saying something to you? Then in Colossians chapter 1, it says that God um, was, was delivered us from the power of darkness. And as then, well, let's see that. And then translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, Colossians. Is it Colossians? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Thank you. Verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of what? The inheritance of where? Of saints in light. So, saints have inheritance where? In light. There is an inheritance in, in light. When they say light, light is, um, light here, praise God. Light is not just, it's not just, um, uh, light is talking about the, the, be, it begins, when a soul begins to have access to light, is after being born again. Then the, the shining of light begins to occur. Light begins to appear to the soul. Praise God. But not every soul that has moved into the arena of light has arrived at an inheritance. There's an inheritance of saints in light. This inheritance of saints in light, sense in light, there's an inheritance that is reserved where? In, in light for saints. Now, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into what? The kingdom of 
is their son. So it's the same thing. Um, to make a soul able to partake of the inheritance inside light, that soul must be delivered from the power of darkness. Right? Deliverance from the power of darkness. The power of darkness is, is when a soul, souls, one of the work of the devil is to make souls powerful for darkness. Right? To make a soul. And power is not just muscle. It's not just, when you see a soul that's powerful for darkness, it doesn't manifest as, you know, just, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Somebody who has, when you see them, ah, this is a powerful guy. Somebody who has power for darkness can be soft-spoken and gentle and nice and kind. Praise God. But, but that soul can, might, might have received so much empowerment forward for darkness. So you see, one of the main, main reasons for the world, or what you call the kingdoms of this world, which the Satan showed to Jesus, the kingdoms of this world, you see the kingdom and their glories. So the kingdom have, anytime you hear glory, just think inheritance. Glory is the, is the, the Bible speaks about the weight of glory. The weight of glory, or what they call the Shekinah, is the abiding glory. Right, that Shekinah or glory. Glory is actually what the house is keeping. The treasure of the tabernacle is the glory that is keeping. That's why that glory, you never find that glory until you arrive at the last point. They call it the most holy place, the holy of holies, that within dimension of the temple, that's where you find the treasure, which the, and the glory sits upon the treasure box of the, of the, of the tabernacle. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So when, what they showed to Jesus, when they showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory, the glory is talking about what you, somebody who has, first of all, gained access because you have to understand that that kingdom, what they call the kingdoms of this world, they are also the, the kingdom of this world is the, is the first part of the kingdom of darkness. Right? The first part of what? The kingdom of darkness. is the part of the kingdom of darkness that interfaces with men. And that's what they showed unto Jesus, took him to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and then the treasure of that kingdom. What the, the, those kingdoms, what the kingdom of the world will eventually deliver to a soul who has come into the power of darkness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The power of darkness. So what the, the world ministers to a soul, worldliness is an empowerment to souls. Someone might not see worldliness that way, but that's the way worldliness is. It's when you see the world around you, the, when the world interacts with the soul for some time, it's to make the soul powerful for darkness, for the kingdom, for dominion. Praise God. And we saw one of the, the end goal of that kingdom is to give a soul a seat, power, and authority. According to, you saw a man who was faithful with that power in the book of Revelation chapter 13 eventually ended up at what? Taking seat in that kingdom. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so a powerful soul, a soul who has been empowered by darkness or who has the power of darkness, 
When he said to deliver, it was delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us. Don't think of power of darkness as three witches or demons that come to change somebody. That, ah, you, then when they look at you, be a deliverance minister, I'll say I can see something, the powers holding you. No one is ever here, power of darkness, we think of that, but that's not what the power of darkness is. Power means, of darkness means, power of darkness is grace for darkness. It's, it's oil, and to oil is soul for darkness, to make his soul skilled and empowered for darkness. It's not, it's not chain like that. It's actually a kind of liberty. It's, it's to set a soul loose and free to explore darkness and to explore the kingdom of darkness. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's what this world does. That's what this world, the world is to empower men, is set, set men free. Anything that inhibits soul's advancement in darkness, remove those things, reshape the mind, right? And make that mind able to prosper and do well with darkness. You get what I mean? That's what the world is. And this entire world is to make you powerful. That's the agenda of the world towards you. The world wants to make you powerful with darkness. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The world doesn't want you to... Satan is not happy for his soul to live maybe 10, 15 years on the earth and it doesn't have some power of in darkness. They, they watch it. They, they measure souls. As his child is growing up, they are watching how powerful is this child becoming. They are checking the level of power. What is power? They are checking the level of the child's skill to operate in darkness in the world. Are you getting what I'm trying to do? The, the, the world, the institution, the way we frame our educational system, sorry to say, educational system, a lot of the way we frame our society to the best part has been structured to empower people in what? In darkness. Do you believe what I'm trying to say? Or you think I'm lying? You believe what I'm trying to say is true. And different areas of the world have their different empowerment. Some of us were not too powerful. When we came to the developed world, there's more, more power was put on us. So power, the developed world is able to, say developed world, it can develop the soul more and make the soul more potent and more what, skilled in what? In darkness. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so he said, who has, who, has, um, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and then what translated us into what, the kingdom of his dear son? So when a soul is receiving deliverance from the power of darkness, it's very clear that the soul, no soul can receive deliverance from the power of darkness without having access to light. Right? Having access to what? A light, a light must come. So when a soul gets born again, a soul should begin to see the kingdom, right? Seeing the kingdom, that ability to see the kingdom, and then seeing the kingdom for entrance into the kingdom. That is the process of deliverance of the soul from the power of what? Of darkness. Your, the way it works in the soul is that they, they shut up one access. They're trying to close down one access. And open up another access to the soul. They, they, want to, they want to close down one power and then amplify another power 
in the soul. So one, one thing that will happen is that when they begin to do that work in the soul, they make the soul less powerful concerning the world and then more powerful towards the kingdom. Do you get what I'm trying to say? More par- less powerful towards the world and what? More powerful towards the kingdom. What is the decrease of power towards the world? What does that feel like to a person? What is the experience when, when they begin to bring, say, deliverance? Deliver. When they begin to deliver a soul from the power of darkness. How? How do they do that? A lot of things happen to the soul. Number one, they, will t- they can tamper with how the soul gets ideas. How ideas come. Is it is a tap? There's something because say ideas. Those are those are they are spirits that furnish the soul, right? With to make a soul powerful in darkness, you must expose the soul to certain thoughts, thoughts of spirits, the spirit that sponsors the cause of the world, the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit that walketh in the children of disobedience, right? That's those that spirit who sponsors it. They generously sow seed cast seed freely upon the earth. They cast seed. What are the seed thoughts to souls? They throw seed out to souls so that souls can use those seed to what? Prosper in darkness. Praise God. And so one of the things that, um, that they will begin to do, and, and you must experience this in one way or the other. You must experience this in one way or the other. Is the, when a soul begins to experience deliverance from the power of darkness, they will diminish how the soul fellowships with thoughts of spirits in the world. Right? So you find that what sponsors worldly living or kind of living are thoughts and imaginations. Right? Thoughts and imaginations. Things that occur to the soul. Thoughts, imagination, thoughts, amen. amen. They are the things that sponsor worldly life and world, worldly living. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So power of darkness is brightness for the world. Brightness to live. Is the, power of darkness is the... the the, is riches of thought which they will give to a person to make them able to blend in well and make profit out of earthly living. Just natural earthly living. They to make a soul one with the systems of the world. Praise God. And they furnish thought. So a soul who is very powerful in darkness will be very resourceful concerning what the things of what naturally will be naturally resourceful naturally very naturally resourceful praise god do you believe what i'm saying amen but then, when deliverance begins to occur, it is, the soul begins to see another kingdom, begins to see another way, another place. It begins to see 
it begins to, the soul begins to receive another kind of seed into his or her heart, right, that can tilt them towards another kind of attainment to attain something else, right, attain the things of another kingdom, right, which is the things of the kingdom of God. So when that sight comes, after a when the soul begins to prosper and prosper and prosper in that sight, then, then a door, doorway into the kingdom of what? Of God will begin to. But as you are gaining entrance into the kingdom of God, they are doing what? Also bringing deliverance from the what? From the power of darkness. Remember, but a lot of souls love the power of darkness. Many souls are in love with the power of darkness. Why? Because the power of darkness is it's a power. power. It makes you powerful with the natural life. The power of darkness makes a soul prosperous with just what? The natural life. So it makes the soul able to use darkness properly to get what? To get things, to get profit upon the earth. The power of darkness has a promise, like the promise they gave to Jesus, right? With the power, the power will come and say, okay, the more powerful you become, the more you can attain upon the earth. It will show a vision, and the soul will see, wow, this is what I can be on the earth. It will be painting the door to the soul that just come, 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 come. There's more that you can have. Praise the Lord. But as the soul gets deliverance, amen, it so moves into the um, gift access into the kingdom. Now, into the, in the kingdom of the son or the kingdom of God, um, the, the kingdom of God is also an, as an arena of lights as well. Right, lights which they want to bring the soul into. But what they want to do is to make the soul an inheritor of light. Right? Not just for a soul to go through the school of, of light, but actually make the soul an inheritor of what? Of light. So there's an inheritance of saints where in light. Inheritance of saints where in light. Praise the Lord. So if they can deliver a soul from the power of darkness, but there is something else, apart from the soul having the power of darkness, you now find out that all the time when they've been using that power, that darkness has also has been, has been, has been deposited where? In the soul. That was what Jesus was speaking about, about the, dark, the light that is in you in Matthew chapter, chapter 6. It says that the light of the body is the what? Is the eye, right? That if your eye is single, your body will be full of light. But if your eye is evil, then the body will be full of what? Darkness. And if the light that is in you is darkness, that light in you is not talking about the power of darkness. It's different. It's different. He's not talking about the power of darkness. A soul can, you, 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 the purpose of, the, of making a soul powerful in darkness is to make the soul inherit darkness. So the darkness which Jesus Christ called great darkness 
is not that the one of it's not the it's not the the darkness that gives access is the one that has that is in men. So he says that if the if the what the he said the light of the body is the eye. That's one light. So actually the eye is the power, right? Is the power. Whatever, whatever, whatever the power of darkness sits as eyes to a person, that's the, their power. When you meet a powerful person, someone who has power in darkness, when they talk, they sound different. From When you interact with them, if you, are, if you are not too powerful in the world, you know that you are a layman compared to this person. That's why they have insight into prosperity how to use the, the spirit of the world to prosper in darkness. They have, they have sense. They have ability. They know what to do. They know where to do. They know where to push resources. If they give you 10,000 and they give that person 10,000, what they can do with it is different from what you would do with it. Some of you might not even know too much what to do, but those, there are those guys, they know what to do with that thing because there's something talks that talks to them. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? There's something that that's, is, they are powerful because of the kind of eyes that they have. It's eye. They, when they, they, their eye makes them powerful. The, their way of seeing, they know how to use the world. Praise the Lord. Now, so there is the light of their eyes, and then there's the light that is in you. That one that is in you. That one is the great one. That Jesus Christ said that if the light that is in you be darkness. So there's difference between a soul who has what he call an evil eyes. That's a condition of his own. That's, that's a problem. Because it means the soul has access. That's, that soul is capable of, of accessing darkness within. So it's a problem. It means that soul is powerful for darkness. But it just answer there's something we call great darkness. But if the light that is in you is darkness, how great? What, what is the meaning of great? Great means formidable. So men are not all the same. When you see a soul, so that I've used the world, they are not all the same. There are souls that they are, still, they are still empowering for the world. But there are some souls who's, who have inherited the world. They've inherited the light. It means they've used the power of the world so much to inherit what? Darkness. The light that is in you. Say light that is in you. So if the light that is in you be darkness, then how what? How great is that darkness? Praise God. So when you take that thing, that concept, and bring it into the other side, you now realize that also for, because Jesus spoke about two, two kinds of eye. There's the single eye, and then there is the evil eye. The single eye. And there is the word, the evil eye. The single eye. And there is the word, the evil eye. Amen. The, the, the word of, that thing, what's the meaning of single eye? Single eye means something. The single eye is talking about the, um, um, is an, is, is, it's a kind of, um, the word single also means pure, right? It also means a pure eyes. Right? It means pure eyes. It, means, it, it actually means a single eye means the eye that is configured for the straight gate and the narrow way. 
praise God, is an eye that is configured for the straight gate and for what? The narrow way. The eye that is configured for the straight gate and for the narrow way. When you, when you look at, let's say, an eye that is not single, what the lack of singularity is it's broadening of vision. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It's what? It's broadening. Broadening of vision. Broadening of vision. <laughs> but the escape, you see that door, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. If you bring somebody, somebody who is born again, someone can be born again, but they still have an evil eye. Right? If they still have an evil eye, they are staring at the, king, the gate of the kingdom, but they can never see it. Because that, that way that led to life, which is also the way of the kingdom, is straight. That was straight. It's not straight. S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T. Not straight. It's S-T-R-A-I-T. Straight means that straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. You get what I mean? So it means that a, actually a broad eyes cannot see it. Right? They have to give right they have to minister the sight. Is to there's a way they have to make this, the eye single. Praise the Lord. So it's very clear that the process of delivering a soul from the power of darkness is to make their eye single, to be able to see the straight gate and to see the narrow way. Praise the Lord. To make the eye single to do what? To see the straight gate. And to what? Now, the process of, of, of making the eyes of a person single is not an easy process. In, in that process, the soul will begin to suffer loss of things. The soul will begin to suffer loss of things. The soul will begin to suffer loss of the things which it takes, the, which it takes power of darkness to maintain. There are some things that if you, can, if you don't maintain your power in darkness, you will lose them. There are some things. Number one, fame or popularity in the world. Popularity of fame in the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> popularity of what? Of fame in the world. And then approval before men. Uh-huh. Approval before men. That word called approval before men is deep. It's more than just saying, ah, they celebrate you, I approve you. No. Approval before men can determine whether, whether you get a job, what kind of job you get. Do you, how many of you believe that? Yes, Even when you have a job, approval before men can determine how far you go in the job. It can determine a lot of things about your life. How men approve you. How the approval before men. Because men, men judge a certain way. There's something they look for in people. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then the ability to form alliances on the earth for earthly profit because the systems and organizations of the earth need, they look for a certain thing in you. Amen. Amen. When you go for a job or your, or your, or your boss at work is looking at you, if your boss, if the boss's heart is possessed, let's say he, if, he, if he is very powerful in the world, he will not just be looking at your, what he might be looking for from you might not just be 
your faithfulness with the task you are given. If, he's, if he also has an evil eye, he will be looking for an, that eye in you. He's checking your ambition because he knows that the guys who are driving this company are ambition. You know that if you put somebody without that eye in a leadership position, they will not do too well. They will just be there being faithful with little. But the game we are playing is not the game of little. We don't need someone who will be faithful with little. Here, we don't need somebody who will be content with what things soever he has. <laughs> Imagine somebody who is content with what things soever he has, being the vice president of marketing for a Fortune 500 company. That's a big problem because you actually, you actually, that company has a major problem because you must never be what all. Somebody who is in charge, put someone like that in charge of, 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 of advancement or expansion. Praise God, they will be there waiting for leading of the spirit, for waiting for... <laughs> Praise God. That's just an example of what I'm trying to tell you. Now, and the same thing plays out in not just work, just in other circles, your social circles, everywhere. It plays out. Praise God. It even plays out in church and in ministry, too. There are some guys that they don't send to go and start church. There are some guys that just stay here, be praying for the ministry. They don't send them out. The guys that they send out, they have to, have to be. <laughs> And the quality they are looking for in those guys they send out, it's not, it's not that they give themselves to the word of God and to prayers. That's not, a lot of times, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to say, please, I'm not casting anything. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, man, these are just issues we have that we have to deal with. <laughs> are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. This is not a place, this is not, I'm just, I'm not pointing finger, I'm just telling you that. This, can we be truthful about yes, some sir. things? Yes. Praise God. So, so, so you know, sometimes the, the skill that sells more, the most important skill in, in the church where a minister of the gospel of today is not the ability to see Jesus and to minister him. And that's, just, and that's all that ministry is about. But if I, that, someone can be able to see Jesus and minister him, but you will not go too far. The way ministry is ordained today, you must have some other things. You, know, you must know how, in other words, there's, a, there's almost a requirement for an evil eye somewhere. An evil eye. To be honest with you, it's very hard for someone without an evil eye to prosper with the metrics of current ministry in the body of Christ today, the way it is. Because ministry, for the most part, in the body of Christ today, they don't care too much about the, the, about the advancement of souls rather is the advancement of ministry. Those are not the same thing. And so that other one, there's nothing different between that and the world. So you can have someone who's the minister of the gospel, God called him, but who can still be powerful in the world in terms of how what be using the power of darkness. The power of darkness can be used to do ministry and do it well by today's standard of ministry. The power of darkness can be used for anything, anything, anything. 
Anything. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So that thing of, we need, to be, we need to be very, 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 very at home with it that it's not possible for, for someone to receive deliverance from the power of darkness and not suffer some kind of loss. Right? And not suffer some what? Some, some kind of loss. It doesn't mean that you'll be miserable, no. Because that is not the only way to live on the earth. Right in the when you look at the, the the single eye, also has a way to live on the earth, but it's not just the other way to live. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Um, now, so when it's so. Um, comes into the, begins to come into the arena of light spiritually, then the fact that his soul has been delivered from the power of darkness does not mean that in that soul, darkness is past. That's just what, that's the insight of John here. That there is still the, the, all the time when the soul was making bargain and, and carrying out transaction with the, with the power of darkness, it was leading to a, an, a storage of darkness within the heart. It was leading toward a storage of what? Of darkness within the soul. Within the soul. So what I'm talking about, what we're dealing with now, I'm talking about inherited darkness. This is our problem. Praise God. This is our what? This is the problem. This is the, that one is the difficult problem to solve. I mean, it's a difficult problem to bring deliverance from the power of darkness. But it's a more difficult problem. You can see souls who have gained some deliverance from the power of darkness for years. But, ah, the kind of ministry, the kind of dealing that thou can touch the inheritance of darkness within the soul is, 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 is different. It's serious. It's tedious. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? It's what? It's serious and it's what? It's, it's tedious. It's tedious. It's tedious to, to excavate darkness from the depth of a man. It's tedious to excavate what? Darkness from where? From the depth of the soul or from the depth of the heart. Because the darkness has married the frame and the fabric of the person's what? Person's soul. But thank God. Thank God for the ministry of light. Praise God. So let's read again this verse 8 of First John chapter 2. It says, I... Glory to God. And it says that, again, verse, chapter 2, verse 8, again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the word, the true light now shineth. So when I, I've told you what they call the true light now. The, when they say the true light, it means that actually there's also, there was season of light. 
But when you're talking about the true light, it's talking about, I also explained when we're talking about that which is true in him and in you. We're talking, so when the soul has come into the true light, it's when the soul has, is beyond just the light of revelation. The, the, there needs to be a time when the true light needs to shine in the heart of his soul. That true light does not shine in his soul until darkness is passed from the soul. Darkness needs to pass before the true light can begin toward to shine within the soul. Then verse 9, they are not trying to explain to you, okay, let's see this this thing called the passing of darkness. What is it? How does a soul know that darkness is past? He said, he that said he is in the light. This in the light is the true light now. And hated his brother. is in darkness even until now. Verse 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of what? of stumbling in him. Of course, the word abode actually means, abode means inheritance. Abode is inheritance. Abode means something that is, abode, an abode means a, a, a habitation that is your own. If someone comes to visit you, you don't say, ah, I can't point to a place I'm visiting and say, I am ab- that's my abode. I abide there. You know, I don't abide there. I can say I'm staying there for now. I'm crashing there. I'm staying. I visit there. I sleep there. But when someone says that is my abode, an abode means a place of dwelling that has become an inheritance. Right? So a soul that abided in the light is a soul that has a- a come into the inheritance of the saints in light. The inheritance of what? Saints in light. Are you seeing that? So inheritance of saint in light is the abode of a saint in light. So every saint who has an abode in light is a saint in whose soul darkness has passed. Darkness has passed. Darkness has passed. Darkness has passed. Then the soul now has an abode where in light. And such a soul that there is no occasion of stumbling in where? In him. None occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth. Because that darkness hath what blinded his eyes. So verse 11 says, he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness. So two things. He's in darkness. That word in darkness is talking about his abode. He's in darkness. Means his abode is still darkness. Right? Someone who hated his brother, his abode is still darkness. And he still walks in darkness. Praise God. There were ones once this, what I'm teaching today, not to be sweet to you. But well, I don't care. I'm going to teach this thing. Yes. There's something that God wants to give us today. 
Amen. Because the devil knows the kind of heart I have, so he likes to blackmail me a lot of times. But I feel the Lord wants to bless us today with some. There's an understanding that the Lord wants to dawn upon our heart. Amen. He wants to make it dawn. He wants, he wants it to, he wants us to, you know, he's wanting for your heart to embrace something, yeah. not just your mind. When your heart embraces something, you, you can rest in that understanding and you can begin to instruction, light can begin to come in that arena for you to walk. So when, when understanding has embraced the heart, you don't go away from it and forget it. Even though you might not be fulfilling it all the time, but it's always there before you because it has rested. And that's what the Lord wants to do concerning this particular thing. Praise the Lord. Amen. So he says that he that hated his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness. So in darkness... He's talking about the abode. It means that you have not switched abode yet. That where the soul... Now, this thing called abode, I mean, it sounds like talking about architecture, housing, where, and all that, but it's not housing and all that. It's not housing and urban development. They were talking about the... Praise the Lord. We're talking about the... It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. The, the soul can shift where it abides. Where there's something about the abode of his soul can, can change. It can, over time, God can move his soul to begin to abide in another place. There's an, a different place where God wants to push the soul. And from that place, that, that place is a contact point for another ministry. There's a ministry we don't know about yet. It's the ministry of the, of the truth. Or is the, is the ministry that oozes out of the true light? That, that when darkness, there is a way a soul that who, in whose darkness hasn't passed, that is still abiding in darkness. There's just, there are just a lot of things that you cannot hold. There are many things that the Lord cannot minister to his soul that are still abiding in darkness. God cannot minister some things to his soul. God has to, they have to do a lot of investment to, to eradicate what they call darkness, inheritance of darkness from where? From within the soul. Praise the Lord. He says that, but he that hated his brother is in darkness. So he's telling you he's abiding in darkness. But secondly, he walketh in darkness. Now, why is he walking in darkness? Of course, if he walks in darkness, he doesn't know where he goeth. Because that darkness had blinded his eyes. So you are seeing two, the two operations of darkness here. So somebody whose darkness has blinded their eye is somebody who has an evil eye. When Paul was teaching, when Jesus was, when he appeared to Paul, and when Acts chapter 26, when he was speaking concerning that encounter, Right when he spoke about how he would deliver him from the Gentile and from the people, who he now sent him, right to open first of all blind eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. Are you saying opening their blind eyes, turning them from darkness to light? Open blind eye, turning them from darkness to light. Is actually talking. Is that is that turning from darkness to light? Is the deliverance from the power of what? Of darkness. It's the deliverance from the power of that, turning them from darkness to light. It's deliverance from the power of darkness. 
and then from the power of Satan unto God. So power of darkness is not the same thing as power of Satan. The power of Satan is great darkness. It's a realm of great darkness within the soul. Right? Praise the Lord. So from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin, and then what inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. So that inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me in Acts chapter 26 is the same thing as inheritance of the saints in light. Right, so that light where they have inheritance is talking about the realm of those who have been sanctified by faith that is in me. means those who have fulfilled sanctification. So those who have fulfilled sanctification are the souls in whom darkness is passed. Praise the Lord. Those who have fulfilled what? Sanctification are the souls in who what? In who darkness is passed. So you see, everything that God was talking to, the Lord Jesus was talking to Paul about there, was talking about the ministry of Christ. The ministry of the gospel of Christ. That's the fullness of what the gospel of Christ is all about. To open blind eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. So inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me is the, is, the, is the end of the gospel of Christ. Right, that's the end of the gospel of Christ. It's also the end of the gospel of Christ is also bringing a soul to, toward the inheritance of the saints in, in light. Praise God. Now, so what you can very see, clear, see very clearly here is that a soul that has fulfilled that cause, the sign of fulfillment of that cause is this place where the soul no longer hates, he can no longer hate his brother, or a soul loves his brother. Verse 10. Or let's see from verse 9, it says that he that saith he is in the light and hated his brother is in darkness, even what? Until now. And he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is what? None occasion of stumbling in him. Amen. Amen. Now, so he that loveth, so loveth. Loving, what it, when he say loving his brother, he that loveth his brother, this love of his brother is, is called, is charity, right? In First Timothy chapter 1, First Timothy chapter 1, praise God.
First Timothy 1, if you're there, say amen. First Timothy chapter 1, it says, um, verse 5, it says, Now the, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a what? Good conscience and of what? Faith unfeigned. Praise God. The end of the commandment is charity out of what? A pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith on faith. So this commandment here is, um, is talking about the, it's very clear this is the commandment of Christ, right? Like the end of the commandment of Christ is um, charity out of a pure heart. And of what? And of faith unfeigned. Charity out of a pure heart and of a, out of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Praise the Lord. Um, now, this commandment um, is the, the commandment here, the end of this commandment is the commandment of the witness of Christ. Right. The commandment of the witness of Christ, the end of that commandment is to produce charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith on faith. Now, that witness of Christ or this commandment is the, is the witness which the, um, the candlesticks in Revelation chapter 11. Let's see, chapter 11. Father, we thank you. Revelation 11. Verse 4, it says, These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, so this witness of the candlesticks in the sanctuary is the witness of the life of Christ, right, within his soul. Praise God. Now, of this witness, verse 5, it says, If any man will hurt them, the fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be what? He must in this manner be killed. And verse 6 says, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as the, as the wheel. So the power over waters to turn them to blood, that was demonstrated by Moses. And then to smite the earth with all plagues as often as the wheel, that was demonstrated. Okay, that was by Moses. And then to rain not, to shut heaven, the power to shut heaven, that it rain not was demonstrated by Elijah. So 
this witness or the witness in general is talks about two um, kind of operations. The law, operation of the law and what and the prophet. The law and the prophet. The law and what and the prophet. Amen. We saw that from the book of Matthew. In Matthew, let's read Matthew. Chapter 22. Matthew 22. Praise God. And verse 35, Matthew 22, 35, he says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Praise God. And then the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy what? Self. And he says, On these two commandments hang what? All the law and the prophets. So these two commandments here are talking about the um, the it's two commandments. Like I said before, there are two commandments. There's a commandment of Christ. There's a commandment of God. The end of the commandment of Christ is charity out of a pure heart and of what? And of a good conscience and of what? Faith unfeigned. That's the end of the commandment of Christ. Praise God. Now, God has his own commandment. Now, God's own commandment comes to people who have, who have prospered in the commandment of Christ. Right? Those who have done what? Prospered in the commandment of Christ. And so those people who are in the, in the realm of the commandment of God, there is, there's also season of witness, because every commandment is talking about, is that the commandments are the particular of a testimony. There's a testimony of God, and then there's a testimony of Christ. The testimony of God has its own particulars, which is talking about the commandments, which are the commandments of God. And then the commandment, like you saw the two sides of the stone, right, of, with ten commandments, the first five has to do with God, the other one has to do with, um, that one, you can say it had to do with man, but it's actually really um, it's, it's a commandment for brotherhood. But brotherhood did not really exist in that time. So it was using neighbor, 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 neighbor. Praise God. They, used, they were using neighbor, but really it's actually a, pro, a commandment of brotherhood. So there are two commandments. There's commandment of brotherhood. And then there's commandment, his soul must fulfill brotherhood before his soul can fulfill what the commandment of God himself. Praise the Lord. When you look at the, all the promises, the ultimate promise is that I will be your God, right? And then you shall be my word. People, I say I will be in them, I will walk in them, I will be their God, I will be my people. That's the first one. 
praise God. But the, the, when you come to the, the commandments of the Lord Almighty, he said that when you come out from among them first, come out from among them, I will what? Receive you, right? Then, and touch not the word, sorry, come out from among them, be ye separate, and then touch not the unclean thing, and then I will what? Receive you. I will receive you. Then when I receive you, I'm receiving you. I will, it's to be a father, what, unto you, and you my, it shall be my sons and daughters. That's a particular place. So when you look at in the community of sons and daughters, that's where you have brotherhood. So people who have sons and daughters are people who are, who are doing the commandment, who are fulfilling the commandment of Christ. Praise God. You shall be my sons and my daughters. So you see, sons and daughters are related by blood. That is brotherhood. It's the summary. So what summary? They are doing the, the side of the commandment that pertains to brotherhood. So and that, the side of the commandment that pertains to brotherhood is talking about the peak of the commandment of Christ. So the sign that somebody has advanced and come into born full fruit in Christ is that that person can fulfill the requirement, the commandment of being of brotherhood as the Father designed it to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? As the word, as the Father has designed that commandment to be. Now, how do they, what is the, what is the, the particulars of that commandment of brotherhood? which need to be kept. It's very clear, of course, that that thing cannot be kept unless you first touch not the unclean thing. So it means that in that brotherhood, it's not possible for the, the commandment of brotherhood to be kept if somebody still has uncleanness with them. That what will stop you from being a brother to him, right? Praise the Lord. Is that there is an uncleanness somewhere. Right, the, the measure, how they test soul that has no longer touches on cleansing is their ability to fulfill the commandment of brotherhood. Amen. <laughs> so that commandment of brotherhood, is, so it's very clear that that soul that touches not the unclean thing is a soul that has come into a place of charity out of a pure heart. Right? Because it's out of a pure heart because they touch not the unclean thing and of faith, what? On faith, of a good conscience and of what? Of faith on, on fame. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. So you are seeing those two commandments. The commandment of brotherhood is sitting somewhere in the soul or in the spirit. Brotherhood, one commandment. One commandment. Jesus said there are two. But he, 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 he mentioned them in the, in the descending order. But for someone who wants to fulfill them, you don't fulfill them in the descending order. Because John explained that how can you love God who you've not seen, when you've not loved your brother who you've seen. So John explained the order of how those commandments are fulfilled. As first of all, even though he said the first one and the great one is you should love the Lord thy God. Praise the Lord. But then the second one, which is like unto the first, is to love your, what, your own brother as yourself. But when you want to fulfill them, you must fulfill that second one because it's the lesser one. You, you don't fulfill the greater first. You fulfill the lesser. And the lesser is a stepping stone for the greater. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? So nobody will love God if they've not loved their brother. So, you, so the revelation of Christ is not really teaching you how to love God. We don't know how to love God. How can you love? Who is God? Do you know how to love him? What do you know about God? We don't know much about God. So, but the, the commandment of Christ, which you are receiving, is about how to love your brother. But loving your brother is not, is not loving... Um, loving your brother is not just loving anybody. Because not anybody is your brother. An unbeliever is not your brother. Now, now let, me, let me say it this way. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Amen. Let us assume that you no longer touch the unclean thing. Okay? Assume. Assume. <laughs> Praise God. Let's, not, let's assume that you have charity out of a pure heart and you have a good conscience and you have faith unfeigned. <laughs> Praise God. Let us, let us assume that you have that, okay? So this you that we are assuming that has that. That you... An unbeliever is not your brother in this that sense. And a Christian who just got born again is not your brother in that sense. And a Christian who, after they got born again, has measured separation, have come out from among them and been separate, is still not your brother. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's Christian who has been separated and then he's still trying to learn how not to touch the unclean thing, but they still touch unclean things. He's still not your brother. <laughs> who, the brother they are speaking of here, right, is talking about your ability to love another soul in whom darkness is past. To love a soul that has been born into the same realm. A soul also who has charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of what? Faith on fame. Now, it's not easy to love such people. It's easier to love a sinner than to love such a person. It's easier to love a carnal Christian than to love such a person. It's easier to love a Christian who still touches unclean things than to love such a person. Amen. But in that brotherhood that you're speaking of here is a place where it's brotherhood of a particular kind of fellowship, which is a fellowship upon the commandment.
Praise God. The reason why it's not easy to love such a person is, is because of the witness that is in them. Is that such people, their lives, they are not silent. They are not silent. They are not silent. For a lot of us, what we call love is the fellowship, the love that we enjoy is the fellowship that we have around the lost we share. The fellowship around the lost and the pride that we share. You can, you can easily identify the person that has your kind of lost. And you, you guys will be five and six. But somebody who has, who, somebody in whose heart is a testimony against your lost, you will hate them. They'll be, they'll, be in the, they'll be in that corner. You guys will not be. Why? Because of the, the witness. The witness is unconducive to the, 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 the lost that you are keeping. The uncleanness which you still touch, the, their own conversation prophesies against that thing. There's a, a posture against that thing, that lust or that pride or whatever that thing is that we still love. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. So, I thank God for love in fellowship and everything. I thank God for that. But when you, when you look, when you come with pure eyes, sometimes what we call love is not love. Sometimes when you look at pure eyes, you still see people bonding because around their weaknesses. They steal the, the glue. It's not charity. There is another, when you sometimes you see souls in fellowship, ah, I love this sister, I love that brother, and they are always in each other's house together. It's the clique of some sort. You say, ah, this is charity. We are enjoying charity. A lot of time, that thing you are enjoying is not charity. Because when you bring an eye and look at what is the bond here, it's not charity. Why? Because charity is the bond of perfectness. Have you read that before? Or the Bible also speaks about it. It's endeavoring to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It's the same thing. That thing called the bond of peace is the same thing as the bond of perfectness. It's charity. It's not every clique of, of believers in fellowship that has that, has that bond. If you want to trace what is the bond here, a lot of times you hey, when you, are, or you open it, you see all kind of uncleanness. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Are you, are you understanding me? <laughs> you have a question? Okay, please go ahead. 
Yes. Okay, say so if you no longer touch the unclean thing. Yeah. Yes. No, not uh, not two people who have come into that place. That world is a world, right? Two souls who have arrived at that world, they are in love. You understand what I mean? Aha. Uh-huh. Two souls who have arrived at that world are, are in love. Right? That's because at that, at that point, they've, they have arrived at the end of the commandment, right? Which is charity out of a pure heart. Each of them, this one has pure heart, that one has pure heart. They, can, they have charity. In other words, they don't, they don't hurt each other. Right? The, the witness in them will not hurt the other person, right? Because they, those wit, they, they, they both witnessing of this to the same thing. So they have, so that's why it calls, say above all, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. It's a, it's a different kind of bond. There is a bond of perfectness that when souls have become perfect in Christ, that those souls, there's a bond that forms. That's what charity is. Also call, it's also called the bond of peace because such, such beings are actually at peace with God and they're at peace with each other. Right? It's the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So he's talking about a particular dimension of unity in the spirit. is the unity that people who have made peace with God right, have. That unity is different. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Uh-huh. So, there's, a lot, a lot, there's what we've called charity that's not charity. That a lot of times, the, and it's okay. I'm, I'm not saying that, ah, a lot of you, after today, my friend, look, what is connecting to us? <laughs> we, need to, we need to evaluate this friendship right now. I don't understand. <laughs> What is the what is the bold here? <laughs> Praise God. Please, I'm not saying leave your friend. <laughs> That's not the point. We just it's just this just another eye. It's a priestly eye. They need to we, they have to it's another dimension of the truth. They have to deepen us a bit more so that we so we don't relax when we when we've not arrived there. You know what I mean? If you're, you're traveling to Toronto, amen. And you get to where you were, Kingston, (laughs) and stop and begin to dance and celebrate. No, no. (laughs) Above all, put on charity. Don't, don't, Don't slow down. Don't stop until you arrive at that charity. It's the bond of perfectness. So, it's, so you cannot have, this is the kind of love that, that does not occur without perfection. It is, it is, it's out of a pure heart. It doesn't, you cannot force it out of a heart that is not pure. You cannot muster it by force. You can't try to do it. It only rises effortlessly out of a pure heart. Charity, out of a pure heart and a good conscience and of faith that is 
unfeigned. Faith that is genuine, pure faith, true faith. Praise God. Do you get what I said? Thank you, Jesus. So that, 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 uh, see those two witnesses, praise God, in the, let's say, we're talking about the, the ones now in the realm of Christ. We are, we are zeroing on the realm of Christ. The witnesses in the realm of Christ. He said, on these two hinge the law and word and the prophet. On this thing hinge, it means that what the law and the prophet are trying to produce are these two things. Amen. Say law, law and the prophet. Thank you, Jesus. When a soul comes into the, the soul, first of all, is delivered from the power of darkness and then translated into the what, kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. Now, and then that soul comes into light. But the soul comes into the, comes into the season of the, the season of light. Amen. Amen. The season of light is actually the season when the soul begins to access light is the season where the law is being given to the soul. The purpose of light is for the giving of the law. The purpose of light is for what? The giving of the law. So, the witness, um, when say the law and the prophet, the law and the prophet, the law and the prophet, thank you, Jesus. You see those two witnesses, when you see them in the soul, you see them standing in the soul, prophesying, prophesying, but there is something about those two witnesses in how, how the soul comes in, into inheriting that witness. It's very clear that the point where those witnesses are prophesying and are powerful in that Revelation chapter 11, at that time, they have come into maturity. Right? The witnesses have come into maturity. But if anybody wants to hurt them, they, are, they have hostility against anything that wants to hurt them. But in terms of how, I want us to delve into a little bit. Time has gone. Well, praise God, the Lord will help us in the short time we have. To, to look about how those witnesses rise in the heart. Praise God. Because that is what they want to be. When you see charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, conscience is, the, is where witness sits on. When you hear conscience, conscience are the tablet inside the heart. Right? Conscience are the type tablet in the heart of a good conscience and of faith on fame. Amen. So that, those two witness, those witnesses inside the heart, there's a way that they have to rise into maturity. But there's a, there's a wisdom of, of scriptures and insight into how those 
witnesses arise. You know, they didn't tell us in chapter 11 how they arose, but there's a way they, they, we have to take journey in the scripture to see how they raise the witnesses in the heart. Those two witnesses don't arise at the same time. One arises first, right? It's always, you never see in the Bible the prophet and the law. Check it, you never see. But many references, Jesus made reference to the law and the prophet, the law of times. It's always the law and the prophet. The law and the prophet. The law and the prophet. You never see it. He doesn't switch them. It means there's an, actually an order. There's an order to them. It is the law first, the way Moses came before Elijah. The season of the law giving came before the prophetic season of Israel. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's one. So in how they develop the witness in the soul, one of them is developed first. So what that means is that in a soul's journey into perfection, in Christ, the soul must come to a season of a lawgiver where law is being given to the soul. First, then a soul that law has been given to who has excelled in law, when the, the, the giving of law to the soul has increased, then you now, you now begin to experience the rising of, a, of prophecy. Or you now rise. There is, there are, there, these are two spirits. There is the spirit of the law and the spirit of prophecy. Two spirits that must arise within the heart. Praise the Lord. So when the, 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 the giving of the law has occurred, after a while, the spirit of prophecy the, or, the, or the prophetic witness within the heart is the final witness. Amen. In Genesis chapter 49, Genesis 49, when Genesis 49, when Jacob was blessing his, or speaking concerning the sons, right? Concerning Judah, he said, verse 10, Genesis 49, verse 10. Praise God. Genesis 49, verse 10. It says, The scepter shall not depart from what? From Judah. <clears throat> Nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Praise God. And unto him shall what? And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Praise God. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, 
until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of what of the people be. Praise God. Now he's talking about the um, the tribe. Amen. Amen. It's you no. Know, the Bible says that it is written that that the Lord sprang out from Judah. Right? The Lord sprang out from what? From Judah. The springing out of the Lord from Judah is what this place is speaking concerning. It's speaking about what will spring out from, from Judah. You know, they call him the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. Praise the Lord. Now, but here he's just talking about the process of how he will spring out. Amen. He said the scepter will not depart. The scepter is a symbol of authority. Praise God. But then he said that the, a lawgiver, no, a lawgiver from between his feet, no, a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. So there will be the giving of the law until Shiloh come. This, who they call Shiloh here, amen, is Shiloh is the, um, praise God. The Shiloh here is the embodiment of the, is the embodiment of the law. The Shiloh here is the embodiment of the law among the people. Right? Or the Shiloh is the gatherer of the people. Who, him who the people will answer, who the people will respond to. Praise God. Shiloh is the Amen. Shiloh is after the law has been given. There has to be an embodiment of the way of the law. Because the people will not be gathered unto the law. Gathering will not occur by the law alone. Gathering will occur when Shiloh, like I said before, Shiloh means the man, it's like peace. He who will make peace. What's the actual meaning of Shiloh? Can, can you check for me? Please. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Huh? Okay. He who's what? He who's it is. That's the literal Greek um, meaning. Is there any other meaning? Sorry? His gift. Okay. Where is that one from? Where do you get that one from? 
You Google it, the meaning of shell. Huh? Okay, where is your, where is your own from? Strong's. Strong's, okay, Strong says it is what? He is who it is. Amen. So Shiloh is the... Shiloh is the, is, the, is the ordained one or the anointed one. Sorry? He is who? I didn't hear that. He who is to be sent, praise God. He who is to be sent, praise the Lord. He who is to be sent, who is, that's, the, of course, that's the anointed one. Praise God. So it's very, it's very clear, he who is to be sent is the prophet to the people. When you talk about being sent, the law, the, when you talk about the prophetic era, is the era when, when God began to raise men to carry the message of the law to the people. That's what the prophet is. A lawgiver sits in the temple for the giving of the law. But the Shiloh is the, is the actual gatherer of the people. Until Shiloh come, and then unto him shall the gathering just so there will be a lawgiver. A lawgiver shall not cease from between his feet until Shiloh comes. So it means that the, the, the lawgiving of ministry of lawgiving must increase until Shiloh comes. Because until Shiloh comes, there will not be a gathering. Shiloh is he who can talk to the people, who can minister the language of the people. That word Shiloh is talking about the prophet, is the prophet. The prophet is the prophet. This prophet is, the, is who, the same person who Moses spoke about him. Moses spoke about him. And the reference was also made in the book of Acts. Let's just quickly see. In Acts chapter 3, I think when they went up, James, Peter, and John, sorry. So I think they quoted Deuteronomy. Let's see Deuteronomy 18. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. This was Moses speaking. Verse 15, Deuteronomy 18, 15, it says, uh, this was Moses, right? He says that the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee. 
of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall what? Unto him you shall hearken. See, for out of the midst of thee, the Lord God will a prophet like unto me. Now, one thing you have to know is that a, a lawgiver is a prophet too. Right? Those two being, when, when he said the law and the prophet, they are both prophets. Right? Check it, because in the book of Revelation, they are both prophesying. Both of them were prophesying. Right? Let's read that book of Revelation, chapter 11. Verse 6, it says, These have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their word. In the days of their. So both of them were prophets. <coughs> Do you agree with that? Read verse 10 of chapter 11. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that what dwell on the earth. So even though we know the witness is the law and the prophet, but when they, call, they refer to these witnesses, they call them two of them prophets. So the same way Moses himself was a prophet, even though Moses was the, was the, um, it was like the, the symbol of the law. Right? But Moses, when he was referring to himself, he didn't just call, he was a lawgiver, but he didn't just, he didn't call himself a lawgiver in this Deuteronomy chapter 18. He says, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. So Moses actually called himself a prophet too. But, so every priest is also a prophet. But every priest is a prophet that does a specific job, that is a law-giving prophet. A priest is a prophet that prophesies from the tabernacle. You get what I mean? But, it, but who they call a prophet, a real prophet, like Elijah, is one who is sent to the people. Do you get what I mean? He's one who is sent to the people. That's what they call Shiloh. Shiloh here is somebody who can. said unto him, say, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a law-giver from between his feet, that word lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and then unto him shall what? The, shall the gathering of the people be. Praise God. Um, Peter and, and, and John made reference to what Moses said in Acts chapter 3, very quickly. Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Amen. Yeah. Acts 3, 22. I will read very quickly. It says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers that a prophet shall the Lord your God raise unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you what? Hear in all things whatsoever he shall say. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among what? The people. Amen. Say ye and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of what? Of these days. Praise God. Then it says, Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant, 
which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed, and praise the Lord. Amen. So, you, so you see here that um, Acts and Peter and John here were then saying, they were tying what Moses said, telling that who Moses spoke about when he said a prophet like unto me was actually speaking concerning Jesus. If you go up to verse 12, verse 20, says, and he shall send Jesus Christ, verse 20. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God had spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord God raise. So you see, he was talking concerning Jesus. I believe in chapter 7 as well, quickly. Chapter 7, praise God. Verse 36, says he brought them out. After that, he showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, the prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall what you hear. Then this is he that was in the church in the wilderness, that's Moses, which the angels speak, which speak to him in the Mount Sinai, to our fathers who received the lively oracles to them. Amen. We can go on and on, but here we're just preaching that it was preaching concerning Jesus, that Jesus is that prophet whom Moses was speaking concerning, that the Lord God can raise. Praise God. So now when you say Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Well, is the man, if you, if you don't think, who is Jesus? Jesus is the man who inherited the covenant of God. Or is a man who inherited all the witness of God. When Jesus was standing before the apostles, he said that you're searching the scripture and then you think you have life, but I am the day, I am the one who what they are speaking concerning. Right. That man called Jesus. Say the man, the man, the man Christ Jesus. That Jesus Christ is the, he's talking about a man who embodied the testimony, the witness, but not both the testimony of Christ and also what? The testimony of God. Praise the Lord. Both the testimony of who? Of Christ and then what? And the testimony of, of God. Thank you, Jesus. So you now see why in, in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, praise God. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 19. When John encountered the angel in verse 10, he said, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So, what he's saying here, when he said, this Jesus they wrote here, he's not talking about, he's not, he could have said the testimony of Christ or the testimony of God, but when he used the word Jesus, he's talking about that man who Moses spoke concerning. He's talking about that Shiloh 
is speaking, speaking concerning Jesus' humanity. That man called Jesus. He's not talking about the Logos or the eternal word. He's talking about that man. That The man who was able to, act, to inherit the testimonies or the testimony of God. The testimony of Christ and of God. That, that is who Jesus is. Do you understand what I mean? Who Jesus is. Jesus is the person who was able to come into the inheritance of the witness which God has given that man should come into. And he said that the testimony, so it means Jesus is a holder of testimony. Right? He's a man who was able to arrive at this witness. It's not easy for a man to bear the witness of God. But the witness of Christ first and the witness of God, to inherit that witness, praise God. Now that man called Jesus, he said that his testimony is the spirit of prophecy. His testimony is what? The spirit. So what's the meaning of that? The testimony of Jesus. It means that Jesus is a marker. He's a record. He's an example of how, of how men ought to inherit testimony. Praise God. Jesus is a, a marker of how men ought to what? That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the example. He's the prophet. See, a prophet like unto me shall the Lord God raise unto you. And unto him shall you hear. Him shall you hear. That's the prophet who men will hear. What is that? So it means Jesus is he who is ordained. Is the pattern for men. Because he is the one who... Who bore, who came into the accurate spirit, the accurate inheritance of the testimony which God has for man to, to inherit? Praise the Lord. So, that testimony, the way Jesus inherits that testimony, aha, uh-huh, that testimony which Jesus carries is what they call the spirit of. What? Of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. Praise the Lord. The spirit of prophecy is the is the fullness of witness. Because they call those two, those two witnesses prophets. Do you get know what I mean? When, if a soul has not inherited the witness fully, you don't have the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. The spirit of prophecy is when a soul has arrived at Jesus' Jesus's pattern of inheritance, of testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. In chapter, chapter 12 of Revelation, it said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Then they now explain the word of their testimony. It's 
loving not their lives unto death. So, loving not their own lives unto death is a qualification of the word of their testimony. So, that their testimony is as the manifestation of the fullness of their testimony is talking about the, their inheritance in love. That they love not their lives unto death. You see that. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, loving not their lives unto death. Not loving their lives unto death. Are you getting what I'm saying? He's talking about the, that is the credibility of their testimony. The credibility of their testimony is in their inheritance in love. So, of course, not loving their life is because they love something else. Right? He's talking about their inheritance and their estate in what? In love. Their inheritance and their what? Estate in what? In love. So in that Genesis, he said that the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from his feet until Shiloh comes. And then unto Shiloh will the, the gathering of what of the people be. The gathering of the people is the, what they call the gathering of the people, but that word gathering, gathering, amen, is... It's almost like the gathering is, is like harvest. The purpose of gathering is for, is for harvest. The reason for gathering, the prophetic nature is to bring about gathering of the soul. <laughs> Do you understand? Is to bring about what the word? The gathering of the soul or the reaping of the soul. What they call, when they say people, he's, he's talking about the soul, too. Amen. There is, first of all, peoples of the world. But inside, in the priesthood, they are also a people, too. In the priest are people who also need to be gathered. Amen. I remember what Jesus was saying in the book of um, Matthew, I think Matthew 23, was speaking concerning Jerusalem. Say, Jerusalem, you, you who stone your prophets, you kill your prophet and stone those who are, who are sent unto you. Then he said that you will see no more of me until you learn to say what? He said, before that, he said, long would I have gathered your children. Let's see that quickly. Matthew. I think it's Matthew chapter 23. Is it, what, what verse is that? Matthew 23, verse 37. Praise God. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, right? And stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? And you would not. 
but your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, blessed is what? He that cometh. And so it means that the, the, the work of a prophet is to, to bring about what? A, a gathering. See, long would I have gathered your what? Children. What is that gathering? The, the gathering spirit. The gathering spirit is the prophetic spirit. The gathering spirit is the prophetic spirit. The, the God to gather, to gather, what you have to, is to defeat what causes separation. There can never be a gathering until that which causes separation is defeated. Now what causes separation in this, this realm that we're talking about is the uncleanness are you getting what I'm saying? It's the uncleanness. It's just, what causes separation is that those things that are that's contrary to charity out of a pure heart. Because charity, say, apart for put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Are you seeing that bond of perfectness is the is before nothing can be bond, bonded if they have not been gathered. Are you getting what I'm saying? The purpose of gathering is for bonding. So it means that when souls have become sons and daughters to a place where they have attained that unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, it means that a prophetic gathering has occurred to a soul. So gathering is talking about the, 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 as the rising of the prophetic witness increases in the soul, the manifestation of that witness is the gathering of souls. Gathering of souls unto Shiloh. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor a Lord giver between his feet. Unto Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Praise God. Are you seeing that operation of gathering of the people? Right? It's the, it's the operation of the prophetic witness within the soul. So, in summary, what I just want to show to you in summary is the, the spirit of prophecy here in the scripture is love. First, charity, and then the love. Once a soul, the purpose of, of charity or the commandment of Christ is to make the soul cross into inheritance of love. Praise God. Now, when you say that he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness and from, from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son, one translation put it that he has brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love. That dear son. He's talking about the son of his love. Amen. So what John was speaking concerning when he was talking about, look, he that dwelleth, that, that hated his brother, dwelleth what? In darkness. Praise the Lord. What John was speaking about, he was speaking about a realm of love. Praise God. Which they need to bring soul into. Which a soul needs to be gathered into. He's talking about an inheritance, a standing, a place which a soul needs to have establishment. Amen. In the realm of Christ. So what Christ is for, the purpose of Christ 
and the commandment of Christ and the witness of Christ is to push a soul out of darkness to have a standing in light. Push a soul out of darkness to have what? A, to have a standing in light. The process of doing that is not complete in one day. You cannot finish it. You cannot complete that one day. First of all, there has to be the beginning. You have to go through season of law giving. The soul must have season of law giving. Law is, law is given to the soul. Law is given to the soul. But the soul must not relax when law is being given. Until what happens? Until there is what? Until what they call Shiloh. Until Shiloh come. The Lord giver will not, they will not, will not be, they will not, the scepter will not depart from Judah, no, a law giver from between his feet until Shiloh come. The manifestation of the coming of Shiloh is the rising of a prophetic witness. Right? So the prophetic witness of the prophetic witness of Christ is charity. The prophetic witness of Christ is what? Is charity. How did Paul arrive at that conversation of charity in First Corinthians? You have to know when you follow the flow of Scripture, you have to flow it, follow it from chapter, from chapter eleven to chapter twelve, or First Corinthians, then chapter thirteen. In chapter twelve, he was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Right then, after a while, in chap- then chapter thirteen, he now began to zero in into prophetic expression. Amen. Amen. Utterance. He spoke about utterance. He, he first of all then rediminished the, the value of just, not, not diminish, but he kind of put, was comparing different prophetic expression. The prophetic expression of the gifts versus the true prophetic expression within the soul, which is charity. First Corinthians chapter 13, quickly. Praise God. You see, from verse 12, it was, chapter 12, we say, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or tingling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I, and I have all faith so that I can, could move mountains. Remember, moving mountain is also a speaking operation because Jesus said, he will say unto this mountain, be thou removed. I get what I'm saying. And have not charity, I am nothing. Do I bestow all my goods to feed the poor? And do I give my body to be born and have no charity? It profited me not in them. We are not speak concerning charity. Charity suffereth long and is kind and envieth not and it wanted not itself. Praise the Lord. Then look at verse 8. It says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, he's talking about prophecies in the order of gifts or in ministering capacity, it says, They shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Why is it particular about talking about, about the, what, 
because they have to understand what, the, what he was healing in this church. This church was a church that came behind in no gift. This church, they went into the prophetic in the realm of gifts, and they got lost there and forgot charity. That was the reason for the writing of this book of 1 Corinthians. So in this chapter 13, Paul was now trying to unveil to them what is the true spirit of prophecy. He's trying to unveil what is the true spirit of prophecy. That's why you see him hammering prophet. Then chapter 14, he went fully to now begin to order prophetic expression in the churches. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? But in this chapter 13, he's now comparing between, he said, that for we know in part, prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away with. Praise the Lord. Now, so, and then verse 13, he said, and now abided faith, hope, charity, and these three, but the greatest of these is what? Is charity. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So when a soul arrives at charity out of a pure heart, at this point, the soul will, has, will begin to... This, that's the point where the soul has gained the victory and has arrived in the place of what? Of light. Aha. Uh-huh. Or that's the point where the, the soul has passed from darkness into what? He said you have passed from darkness into light because you, what? you love your brethren. And if they don't find this love in you, praise God, that soul dwelleth in darkness even until now. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed? Yes, sir. This is a six hours message. Amen. Um, but I just felt I needed to say everything that the Lord wanted me to say. Um, without, so that it will be there. God will help us to... Um, to look further into it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to talk to the Lord. Let's go. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Bless your holy name. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we bless you for today. Thank you for blessing us for speaking to us. Come and use your word and minister it to our heart. Holy Spirit, 
and bless us and convince us, Lord. Um, and Lord, let's not just hear the letter of these things, but Father, let pour out the let the spirit of this word be ministered to our heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.